I constantly got in trouble for having too much energy, being the class clown, not being able, you know, uh, not shutting up ever. And now it's kind of what I do for a living. And one of the reasons why people hire me is like, oh, high energy. Well, that used to get me in trouble, but now it's, 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 it's a benefit. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, Executive Vice President, Strategic Partnerships with Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents harness the power of verified reviews. For more information, head on over to ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 341 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, thank you so much for telling a friend. My guest today is Jeremiah's J-Man Manero. This is going to be a lot of fun. A lot of people know who J-Man is. He's been training and teaching and running seminars um, and webinars and all kinds of great stuff on a lot of different topics from tech to you know customer relationships to video, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning in and let's get this thing started. Jay, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Bill. Yeah, very excited to chat with you. We've crossed paths a little bit. I think there was an NAR tech edge that maybe the pandemic puts a, put the kibosh on <laughs> somewhere yeah, in the past. Sure. Uh, but I'm really happy to chat with you. You've, you've done a lot of really cool things in the industry. Uh, but all of my episodes, I like to kind of start at the beginning. And uh, just a bit of research showed me that you were born and raised in Rochester, New York. So first of all, I, I want to talk about that, right? Tell me about... Yeah. Tell, I've been to the northern up, upstate New York, we'll call it. It's beautiful. Tell me, uh, you know, for you, what are the highlights of growing up there? And, and then give me that biggest misconception about Rochester. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, born and raised, so I didn't have, really have a choice of where I lived because it's what, where, I, where I was born. But I, I love, you know, we have the waterfront. We have, you know, Lake Ontario, one of the Great Lakes is here. And, and it still has that that bigger city vibe, but then... Within 15, 20 minutes, you can be into the more rural settings and even down to the Finger Lakes, which is some of the the, the greatest wine country that nobody knows about, you know, east right. of the Mississippi. Right. My son went to uh, Syracuse. He was uh, uh, getting his master's there in public, uh, master's in public administration. And we had a chance to visit Skinny Atlas, which I don't know how that pronunciation comes out of that spelling, but uh, it does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but anyways... There's a lot of great stuff about upstate New York, but what is that biggest misconception people have when they talk to you and find out where you're from? I think the biggest misconception, they go, Rochester, wow, how many people are there? And they think it's like hundreds of people when the Rochester metro area has close to a million population-wise. Right. You know, we're, we're one of the bigger cities outside, you know, Buffalo, Buffalo and Rochester kind of go back and forth with population, but it's just we're a bigger city. You know, and, yeah. and people don't realize that. And we're one of the oldest cities in New York State because Kodak, if you guys remember, you know, early, early settlers and we have the Genesee River that flows through it. So we were once known as the Flower City, F-L-O-U-R. We're one of the biggest producers of flour in the country. And now we're known as the Flower City, F-L-O-W-E-R. Back in the day, the ability to get stuff from the Atlantic into 
the inland cities and corridors, Rochester was a part of that, right? Yeah, yeah, big time because we yeah. have yeah. Lake Ontario, which you know St. Lawrence comes into Lake Ontario. And then we have a river, and then we have the the whole canal system. I have to just assume you're a Bills fan. I mean, you're so close. Are you a Bills fan? <laughs> Bills fan is an understatement. Okay, like uh, I my whole life. Buffalo Bills, I, I was hit, you know, through Jim Kelly, Andre Reid, those those days when we lost four Super Bowls in a row. I was a, in middle school, high school in that point, and now we're finally coming back around. So, yeah, yeah, big time. I think I stopped gambling for the most part <laughs> on events when I had the Bills crushing the Cowboys and it didn't go my way. I, so, yeah. as, as it didn't go yours either. <laughs> yeah, crushed, crushed my, my soul <laughs> four years Look, in a row. Come. Really pulling hard for him. I think one of the nice things about the Bills situation, especially going through that whole run with Kelly and, and all those guys in the in the 90s, is this is this is your time. This will be a lot of fun to watch. And you've got the DeMar Hamlin story, which is just unbelievable. Uh, I think that's going to be pushing that team hard. Yeah, I, I'm sure he's going to be on the sideline. I can't imagine him not being down there somewhere. I, I mean, it's really the things that movies are made of, and you know, just just in in real life and like. Football is my favorite sport by far. And just in that moment where an entire nation can come together in a matter of hours, not, not weeks or days, everybody was rooting for Hamlin, regardless of what team you, you know, it was bigger than football. And then the, the, to have the man, to have the kickoff run, ran back, uh, yeah. first game back, like it was, it was magical. Yeah. Yeah. People have said it many times. If you wrote that in a Hollywood script, no one would believe it. They'd say, no, that's just junk. You can't, we're not going to do that movie, mm -hmm. but they will. <laughs> now they will. Oh, they, they certainly um, will. You know, and when he woke up and like talked to the team, I, I had like a flashback, like I'm a big Rocky Balboa fan, you know, like when she told him just win, right. When she was going to fight Ivan Drago, it's like that moment Yeah, where it's like, let's yeah. go team. We got to do this. So I think that, that inspiration, I think, and I'm just going to knock on wood, but Will will keep us going through the playoffs and and into the Super Bowl. Um, having seen you in action, uh, in person, and a, a lot of video, a lot of stuff, I'm just gonna guess that you were not an introvert in school. <laughs> a little bit of an outgoing kind of guy. I'm just Perhaps. guessing. You probably yeah. little entrepreneur in you. Maybe you were selling things out of a wagon as a kid. <laughs> tell me about your. Tell me about some of those things. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you uh, super. Super on the point, on, on point there because it was, I could never sit still, right? Mm -hmm. I constantly got in trouble for having too much energy, being the class clown, not being able, you know, uh, not shutting up ever. And now it's kind of what I do for a living. And one of the reasons why people hire me is like, oh, high energy. Well, that used to get me in trouble, but now it's, 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 it's a benefit. And, you know, from the sales perspective, yeah, I, I sold, I can remember middle school when, you weren't supposed to chew gum, but I, I was selling bubble yum for 25 cents a pop. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice ROI there. Yeah. I, I like, I like the way you think. Let's, let's move past that and go to what was, you get out of here, done with school. Yeah. What's your first job? Because generally speaking for my guests, some over 300 guests, it's yeah. not real estate. No. Same thing for you? No. Nah. Yeah. I mean, uh, because of my dislike for academia, my father initially told me, you know, get a trade, right? I, I got certified yeah. as a tooling and machining. Uh, I could program CNC lathes and mills. And it, it, anybody who knows me says, you did what? And, and I tried it. 
But it's for me to do production type work and stand at a machine for eight, 10, 12 hours, it's like putting the, you know, a wild animal in a cage. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I said, there has to be more for me to do this for the next 30 years. There has to be more for me in life. And uh, right. I, I got into sales from there and then eventually into real estate. This is the fun part of the uh, conversation. Yeah, defining moment. What was that? What was that moment? Yeah. What was that thing where you saw this? Maybe it was, maybe there was someone else you knew or mm -hmm. sometimes it's bad. Um, I, my favorite one is when it's, uh, they, they had such a bad experience. They said, I can do this better. <laughs> what was that's, yours? That, that, that's it. So when I was 19, I, I was selling alarm systems door to door. I was doing well at it and I got a, an offer to move to New York city. So I was in the, in Queens I eventually became the, the regional manager for the company, for an ADT security company. And I did that for about four to five years. When I moved back to Rochester, I bought a house here back in Rochester and, and I had just an awful experience. Just really bad. And from a top producer. And so I said to myself, man, I'm such a good salesperson. And this guy is not. <laughs> I think I'm going to I'm going into real estate. You know, cuz like I know how to take care of my clients. I was I wasn't scared of prospecting. I at that point door knocked, you know, thousands of doors. Like, okay. This this seems like could be a good fit for me. You started I'm going to guess it was a local brokerage you started with, right? In the in the Rochester area. Was it, it kind of a local or like a regional? Yeah. I mean, they were the largest independently owned brokerage. So, I started there okay. because I wanted to piggyback on the name until I established my own and then branch out from there was, was my, cause they yeah, had a good, and, and they had a good training program to train me on like, you know, listing presentation and overcoming objections and all that. That's all, the only part I really needed, needed to learn. Like I knew how to prospect. So I just wanted to learn the real estate business and yeah, they had 720 agents at the time uh, yeah. and, and a market of 3000 agents. So. Wow. Okay, so you you get that you get that base, the stuff you need, and then you go to a brokerage where I would say they're not known for a training program. They're known Correct. for bringing in agents who are ready to rock and roll, and that was Remax. So let's talk about that. What was yeah. that like making that transition? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was I've always had that entrepreneurial mind where I don't need you to tell me what to do, and that's where like the smaller independent brokerage they love to micromanage, and that just wasn't a good fit for me. Like. I come in, I had a manager that was like, who are you seeing today? What you got going on? I'm like, hey, uh, I'm selling. Go talk to somebody else about, you know, babysit somebody else. And, and so just little things like that where like I wanted to do things with my business and I'd always ha have to go ask permission and get approval. And and the Remax model for me was the opposite. I come in and I say to my broker owner, like, here's an idea. Cool. And he also said, well, let's help you develop your own brand, not our brand. And that's that's actually where uh, you know, my nickname J-Man came from was the independent brokerage would not release my name, jeremiasmonero.com. They had registered the URL for me in their name that forwarded to my website. They wouldn't release it. Right. I had to come up with something. J is, you know, my first name, Monero, my last, jmansells.com was my, and I mean, the rest is history. Now, most folks don't even know my real name. <laughs> I was going to say, it's mostly J-Man for everybody. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of realtors who give back. I'm a huge fan of people who donate their time, right? In, in a, 
I'll call it sometimes a tough place, volunteering at the local level of an association with all that all those politics that are going on. And I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and then you even stepped up at the state level with New York. What got you into that? And you were, you've done it for a long time. So um, share, share why that's important. Well, you know, I think when you, when you start digging deeper of, about why we do things, right? When people go, well, I do this to make money or I do this. No, you, you don't do it to make money, to buy things. To ch- if you go all the way down four levels deep, it's like you want to make a difference in the world or you want to live a life worth living. Like at the end, when you're in your deathbed mm-hmm. saying, I did something to make the world a better place. And I think that's when I first started in real estate, I had a manager where I'd go to him and go, I don't like this. Like a little baby. I don't like this. This isn't fair. And he go, what are you going to do about it? What can I do? You can volunteer and hope to change things. And I said, mm-hmm. okay. You know, and, and I kept putting my hand up. And as a, a younger agent at the time, I started at 25 years of age they weren't calling on me until I, I went to run for a, a, a director's position locally. And they're like, well, what are you doing to volunteer? I'm like, nothing. Cause you guys don't pick me. <laughs> I'm like, quite literally, I check every box to volunteer and nobody picks me. So I don't know what you want me to tell you. And, and so the, at that point, they then within a year or two, I was on almost every committee working my way up to chairing and, and vice chairing and then going, you know, uh, one thing, you know, when you start volunteering, then they'll keep volunteering you to do more stuff. And they're like, right. oh, you got to go to the state level. Oh, and the, and the National Association. And so I, when I was able to do that and really, again, it's like make a difference, have my, you know, a positive effect on the industry to say, like, if I hadn't volunteered for the tech committee and then made a suggestion for us to have a tech conference and then help put that together with my local board president at the time. 10 years ago, we wouldn't have trained 3,000 agents since then to be better in technology, to better serve their clients like that. And it's not about the money for me. It's again, it's like if I could do this and help agents be better, better serve their clients, that helps all of us because the industry is better and, you know, consumer thinks more positively about us. Like we know what we're doing and we're taking care of people. You know, as a as a younger agent, especially in that time frame we're talking about, you know, the mid-teens kind of, there was definitely, I'm sure, a need at the association level, state, state and local, for someone that had already kind of embraced what the stuff you had started embracing and talking about and training and teaching on, right? I'm sure that, that was a natural fit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, this was probably 2010, 11, 12, uh, okay. and... and there was still, I think now it's recognized, right? A lot of boards across the country in their, their strategic planning and that have realized like mm-hmm. we have to, we need younger people in order to, you know, that's the future of our organization. Then I was getting a lot of like, listen here, kid. Yeah. You know, which uh, for me, I'm the kind of person, if you tell me like, listen here, kid, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Oh, listen, hold on. I'm going to chair this committee and you might be off of it soon. You know, like, cause I always thought there was, there, there was a better way. Like there is a better way. If we can work together, let's maybe it didn't work 10 years ago. Maybe, you know, the market or the members weren't ready at that time, but let's, let's try something new. Well, let's talk about the, the teaching, the speaking, mm-hmm. um, the, the jmanseminars.com. I mean, you've got a lot of stuff going on right now. You're all across the country. Um, let's start with, you know, kind of the, how did that f- 
first happened? Was it I my my guess? Once again, I'm just going to flat out guess here. Yeah, like the broker asks you to talk about something to the office, and it, and, and then it was it something like that. Uh, it was a broker actually. It wasn't my broker, oh. which is funny. Ooh. Uh, it was a, a local bro- local broker in the area, and and two things happened. I went to my local board, and and my ed director at the time again was like, "Ah, oh, we're good on instructors. We don't need any more." And I was like, hmm. "Oh, okay." Uh, and I went and got certified in RPR, Realtor Property Resource, right? And then the second part was a local broker said, uh, "You're a millennial." We don't know anything about you guys. Come teach my office about millennials and and then the f- future, right? And this we're talking 2010. They were like millennials can't afford to buy real estate. Now we're, you know we're becoming the wealthiest generation the world has ever seen. And right. that's kind of where it started. You know, with with the RPR, I went to all. I called all the local boards in the state and I said, "Hey, I'm certified to teach RPR. When can I come by?" And they said, "Well, what what do you charge?" And I said. Is free within your budget. Um, I can come tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. Better, right? It's in, and our, at the time, NAR was paying us a, a very small honorarium, you know, barely enough yeah. to, to to cover gas. But it was. I saw it as an opportunity. Like I feel like if you believe in yourself, right? And, and like I I know I'm good enough. You guys just don't know it yet. I went basically for free all across the state. Travel, you know, driving at my own dollar for hours just to try out and show them what I could do for them to then say, "Hey, what else do you got?" And then I'd have to go, mm, "Nothing yet, but hold on, let me." You know, and <laughs> kind of it started with technology, and it started with e-signing was becoming more popular at that time. So it was like, you know, AuthentiSign mm-hmm. and Instanet, and then I started to kind of develop my own courses, very unique to what the way I teach and my style. And that's kind of the way I've, you know, I became a state instructor and got certified in a lot of the designation stuff just to, again, be able to reach different markets. But I I think my success has been in just being, creating my own content, right? Same reason why we all subscribe to Netflix or Mm -hmm. I just signed up for the other one that only had you only had Yellowstone. Paramount. Is that Paramount? Yeah, Paramount, yeah, Paramount. Plus, right? And I'm like, dang it, <laughs> yeah. I can't, right? Because it's exclusive content because you can't get it anywhere yep. else. And same thing I feel like with speakers, you hire people. It's not just uh, the subject matter if it's unique, but also the delivery of that subject matter uh, that, that sets people apart, which I, I'm not for everybody. And I understand that, but your vibe attracts your tribe. Yeah. Video is a big piece of what you've talked about over the years, right? Yeah. Um, it's And it's really, uh, it's, been the year of video in real estate since like 2012 or 2010. I mean, it's just every year it's the year of video. video. We're going to do it now. I'm going to break out that camera as I sit here on an audio only podcast. (laughs) Um, but, uh, (laughs) but but I think, I think it's, it's, it's important to talk about that. I mean, because there's the evolution of video Mm -hmm. has been like unbelievable. Like just there's from, from just sitting down in front of a camera and putting something, you know, on YouTube, way back in the day in 2010 or 2009 to the the myriad of options with live stream and, and all the different channels that are out there. Um, did you just kind of, you've always been an early adopter. You've always been there yeah. trying to figure out how's this going to work to help people build more relationships. What was your philosophy there? Yeah, I've early, always been an early adopter and, and the kind where it's like, let me just try to break this and figure it out. Like, I don't mm-hmm. read manuals, and, and you know, like it's hard to get trained on stuff when it's early. 
So it's like sometimes there's a guy from the UK that has a training video on it. Typically, right? If it's like video related, it's like, oh, this guy did it in, yeah. in the UK. He's pretty awesome. I'm going to follow him. But it's it, it initially, I started doing a lot of video. It's same thing when I was running for the board because it was a way for for mm. the people who didn't know me to get to know me, my personality, and to become top of mind within my my market. And then I, you know, I applied that to my real estate business and I applied that to my speaking business and continue to do so. Yeah. I love the fact too that, I mean, this is, uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but a practicing realtor, someone who's been in the trenches, someone who knows what they're doing. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of people that, you yeah. know, are very smart about certain things, but there's a certain, certain sort of a power that comes with, Hey, I've been there. I've done that. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I had it, a. Uh, when I took ePro, I took ePro probably five or six times because they kept updating it and I was just, I'm just a nerd like that. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the instructors had talked about, it was when virtual tours were just becoming, it was like virtualtours.com or something. I can't remember what, exactly what it was, but you make yeah. your own. And so I did it. I'm the guy that everything the instructor said immediately after I would go do, right? And then I, I saw him at another conference like a month later and was like, hey, I got a question about the virtual tours. And he, he said to me like, oh, I, I don't do that. Just teach it. Mm. And it like crushed my soul. It was like the wizard's not real. Like I'm looking behind the screen, <laughs> you know, truly. Yeah. And, yep. and I said to myself, like, I don't ever want to be that person. Like, I think if I talk about something, I want you to know that I'm doing the same thing. Like leaders lead yep. from the front, right? I'm not going to tell you, get over yourself and do video. And then you won't find one video of me anywhere. Okay. Right. Like I'll yeah. tell you to do it. I'll tell you to make a fool of yourself because I'm making a fool of myself every freaking day. Yeah, checking social accounts for people that are out there talking about social is a fun side gig for me. <laughs> wow, twelve twelve Twitter followers. Okay, good. You're yeah. talking about Twitter. Um, yeah. Let's let's talk about. Uh, um, I was doing some some uh -huh. some <laughs> semblance of training on tech with uh, the Fidelity family of you know title companies and things, and the pandemic hit. Um, Talk about, you know, what was your experience like? I'm, I think right away, a whole lot of the curriculum changed, correct? Oh, yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and it's funny because I'm doing more virtual than in person now still. Hmm. Uh, but at the time, I had maybe done two webinars in my entire life. I was doing a lot of video, right? Live streaming right. and video, but webinars and zoom and that people would call me hey we do a webinar no they're boring i don't want to do that and i because because like part of my brand is like i'm fun i'm engaging a lot of energy and i i couldn't see that working in a virtual environment i didn't want to do it because i couldn't see how to do it until i had to see how to do it because we could no longer yeah. see people in person or be around people yeah. You know, you want that feedback of that live audience. It makes a huge difference for what you do, especially, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, <laughs> what kind of things were people asking for? Were they asking to be taught how to do webinars or how to do Zoom? Or I mean, I'm just curious what what was the number one thing? <clears throat> yeah, when when it hit, yeah, I I created, and this might be a a good segue on my biggest uh, debacle. I don't know how you how you want to put that, but because I think it's important. My biggest fail ever. We had I, I had a class called How to Be a Virtual Agent. I, the state of New York came to me and said, "Would you put that on for everybody?" And I had two thousand seven hundred and sixty three people register for this for this session. 
Okay. Cause this was like oh. April, 2020 whenever, and we were yep. deemed non-essential in my state, New York state. And so That's everybody's right. freaking out like, ah, what are we going to do? I'm like, I've been training for this my whole life, baby. Let's go. And, <laughs> and so then I get a zoom account. I get the enterprise through an NSA discount kind of thing where I can have up to 500. And then I even upgraded to a thousand. And then in there it said like, you can have up to 10,000 webinar uh, attendees. Now at the time, and really still today, you can't reach anybody at Zoom to ask them any questions. So I did right. my research. Oh, up to 10,000? Okay, great. <laughs> the day of, I'm on early, I'm playing music. I'm like, this is going to be a great day. And then <sighs> it starts filling up. It, it, it caps at 100. Like I went from meeting to webinar, caps at a hundred and I'm like, <gasps> still a hundred. I'm like, <gasps> what's going on? All of a sudden my email, my text, my Facebook message starts like, like a ticker tape. <laughs> can't get in, can't get in, can't get in, can't get in. And I am like the coolest under pressure of anybody you'll ever meet. But in that moment, I was freaking out, man. I was, I was like, uh, uh, mm, mm. and so I was just like, okay. We're just going to record this. And I actually, myself, with the recording, sent the recording to every single person that had registered. So I, you know, I sent 2,600 something emails uh, wow. to everybody. Because I'm like, man, if you say you're going to do something, do it and then do a little bit extra. So it, it, hurt, my, it hurt me bad to not <laughs> perform. Uh, and, and, but that was what I was doing in the beginning. How to, you know, teaching people how to be better on Zoom. Yeah. How, how to yeah. you know, do their business virtually. And that actually... Again, like I'm not, I'm the type of person can't, I can't do anything halfway. I don't dabble. Right. And so it was like, oh, yeah. man, I, don't, I don't like how my camera looks. Getting a better camera. I don't like how my mic sounds. Boom. I want some lights. What about this green screen? And then next, you know, now yeah. I got it like a, I got a three screen. I got two 43 inch screens, you know, my, my MacBook. And like, I got a full blown studio, uh, which has helped me to be better virtually. And now I have this whole virtual component of my business that did not exist had the pandemic not happened. Jay, you're now working with Douglas Elliman, doing some training for them, right? You're, tell me, what does a day in the life of J-Man look like now yeah. that you're in that role? Uh, yeah, I'm the national trainer for Douglas Elliman, 7,000 agents uh, across the country. And again, that came from creating a virtual presence, right? Uh, and and mm -hmm. they reached out to me and and now... You know, we have a daily role play and I do, you know, a bunch of sessions every week uh, within my, you know, within my expertise, my, you know, social media, video, technology and, and, and stuff like that. So amazing opportunity. Yeah, we have a, one of our top agents. I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida, switched over to Douglas Elliman and it's a, it's a high end luxury yeah. uh, brand, right? So are they more receptive, less receptive to some of these things? I think they know most agents, even the top of the top, know they have to, they have, to have a presence here. And is that what you're finding? Well, I think uh, agents across the country are very similar, right? Whether you're in a luxury market or you're like a Rochester, New York, which I would consider a mid-sized market, like confidence, everybody could use more confidence in their real estate business. Right, whether I'm in my market where I sell two hundred thousand dollar houses, when I first start, I'm like, oh, I don't know about the luxury home, which might be five hundred thousand, or if I was in right. South Florida, where now the luxury <laughs> is five million, 
right? They're like 500,000. You mm-hmm. can't get a, a condo for that anywhere uh, in, in that area. So it's like, I think what I'm discovering is agents are the same across luxury or otherwise. You know, it's like everybody could use more confidence. Everybody sometimes needs not just the how-to, but needs to be inspired to take action, mm. right? Because it's like, I don't feel that I'm just a tech trainer. I feel like I help people overcome their fear and, and achieve their fullest potential. What's the most requested topic for you, or what do you anticipate maybe being the most requested topic for you as we head into 2023? AI. Ah. Like yeah. two months ago, I, I would have said I was doing a lot of metaverse-related Web 3.0. Mm-hmm. But man, if I got five cents for every time I heard AI in the last month and a half. <laughs> Good old chat GPT, right? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, so I'm, I, I, wow. I just recently created a, a session called Me, Myself, and AI. Uh, and and kind of just nice. talking about all the all the different ways we can use it. And how, I think it nothing's going to replace us as agents. It can help make us better, especially those that aren't that creative. And I'm still mm-hmm. very creative. And I've been using it to like, expand on my creativity if you will like put something in there and then well how do you feel about this ai <laughs> it's like i feel like iron man talking to the uh you know the computer right? <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah that's cool that is gonna be such a hot topic um and as we i mean it's we've been talking about like virtual reality and augmented reality and all that stuff for a few years now yeah but now it's now it's here now it's a whole different level and so it's you, you can't just go, oh, I'll, I'll take care of that later. Yeah, cool. Well, J-Man, I had you here. Uh, the half hour I asked of your time, this has been amazing. Um, I'm going to ask you the same final question I've asked every guest, and that is, if you could give one piece of advice to a new, new agent just getting started, what would it be? Don't be a knucklehead. <laughs> well, what, what I <laughs> mean by that? That's the first time I've heard that. Yeah. That's well, the first time I've heard that. It's the New York version of advice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But what I mean by that is, don't be afraid to ask for help. When I first started, like a uh, again, younger guy, chip on my shoulder, I was like, I don't need any help. I don't need anybody to help me. I'll do this myself. I'll show them. When I really should have said, experience agent, can you help me with this? Manager, I have a question about this. So I think get a mentor and get a coach. Those are two different things, right? A mentor is somebody's experience in the business that you can bounce ideas of off of and then a coach is somebody that you pay too much money to keep you ac- accountable because if it was a little bit of money you wouldn't do it right it has to be more money than you're comfortable with and they'll they'll hold you accountable and you'll get things done uh in in a shorter period of time so i think those that's what i would say to myself and, and to any new agent getting started if someone wants to reach out to you what's the uh, easiest way for them to do that jmanseminars.com or all my handles are at jmansocialmedia.com. Awesome. Jman, this is really a lot of fun. Thank you so much for the time today. Um, I'll be looking forward to finding, I don't know if you're headed off to InMen or any of the uh, national franchise events, but uh, I look forward to running into you somewhere on the road. It's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Look forward to seeing you soon. Go Bills. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to The Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. (laughs) 